0: But it's good to be able to come together. Um, I do want to make note of this. You know, I've been ministering for the last several Wednesdays now, the end of last year, and, and going right into the beginning of this year, been ministering on vision and goals and, and and believing for what God has for you and completing that which you start. You know, we're, we're here to start to finish. Amen? That's what, uh, That's what we heard last week. When we start, we start to finish. We don't start to just get halfway. We don't just start just to say, hey, we started something. Uh, we're here to start to see ourselves all the way through to the end. And I've got a couple tools for you that are back here. Um, if you don't know about this little shelf area, there's no, what's that? The media area. We've got tools back there for you. There are CDs, there are worship CDs, there Uh, is, uh, you know, your schedules and and everything for those of you that serve in different areas. Uh, But I also have it stocked with a couple tools uh, for you this year to help you get started and complete or finish that which you start. How many of you like tools? How many of you like to be equipped with something? And, you know, most people, when they start out a new year, two things that they say they want to do better at or do more of or do, period, Uh, is, number one, get in the Word, read their Bible every day, be in the Word every day, and number two, pray. And So I've got two tools for you. Most of you know about our daily Bible reading plans that are back there, Um, and these are very simple. This is just gives you uh, something to read every single day. It's awesome to be able to look back at the end of the year and see all the check marks and see all the X's and see all the colored boxes and say, wow, I was in the Word every day this year. And so that's something uh, that's back there for you uh, for 2015. And then I've also got uh, what we call Pauline prayers, Pauline prayer cards. And basically, uh, in the epistles, all throughout the epistles, there are opportunities and moments uh, where Paul took an opportunity to pray for the church, to pray for believers. And these were prayers that he was praying over his church, praying over believers. Uh, and they're found in Ephesians, they're found in Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, and so this is something awesome to have. And we've even taken an extra step to go ahead and throw in Anchor Faith Church for you, so you don't even have to like try to figure out where it goes. It's right there for you. And so these are awesome to pick up. Uh, these are prayers that you ought to pray every day. Uh, Brother Hagen had this story. You know, he was in ministry for about twelve years, pastoring a church, and he. Got the revelation of reading these prayers, specifically the ones in Ephesians, every single day. Every single day he'd pray these prayers. And they talk about uh, giving us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that I, that will know the the length and the breadth and the height and the depth of the love of God that uh, he can do far exceedingly above all that we ask would pray in these prayers every single day. And he said after six months of praying these prayers, he, he stopped and he asked his wife, he said, what have I been doing for the last 12 years? What have I been ministering? The revelation and the knowledge that began to open up in his, in his mind and in his spirit just from praying these prayers. And so um, that's another tool that we have for you. You can pray these prayers every single day. You can read them right off of here. Uh, but those are two tools that will help you uh, not just start but finish. Amen? We want to be finishers. So I'm going to do my best to finish these series of messages Uh, But every time I try to go a different direction on our Wednesday nights, I keep coming right back to these things and I keep getting more verses and uh, more in the word that God wants to say regarding this. And so uh, we're going to try to finish this out tonight. I want to talk about practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. Amen. There is nothing that uh, we get better at without doing it consistently. Amen. I know a lot of us sometimes, you know, routine is one of those, there's a blessing and a curse to it. There's good and the bad. You know, sometimes we get stuck in routine and we just do stuff over and over and we don't even know what we're doing. The Bible has a word for that. Jesus called it tradition. Tradition's very dangerous. Tradition is doing something without even thinking about it, without even knowing why you're doing it. We miss the whole purpose. Uh, But then, you know, sometimes we... Hate routine. Sometimes we hate doing the same thing over and over and over. And, and, you know, there's a word for that, too, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Right. It's called insanity. You're insane. You're insane if you keep doing the same thing and you think it's going to produce something different. And so, you know, if we're going to talk about completing and we saw last week that God talks a lot about completing. He said, I'm going to complete that work that I've started in you. I'm the author and the finisher of your faith. He doesn't just start stuff, he finishes things. He's not just a starter. He wants to get things going and he wants to wrap it up. Amen. And so look here in Philippians chapter three. Philippians chapter three. We said this last week too that you know it's hard to start and it's hard to finish. Sometimes it's hard getting the ball rolling and then when we get it rolling there's things that come against us that try to keep us from continuing on, pressing on. And Paul says here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, not that I have already attained. I haven't finished or am already perfect, but I press on. Those two words are going to be your words for the year. I press on that I may lay hold of what that I may finish. I may complete that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. What's he saying? I haven't finished, I haven't completed, I haven't reached the end, but the one thing that I do, forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. Now I'm going to read all this over again, because you're probably listening to all the knocking noises next door, instead of really focusing on the word. So I'm going to read it all over again from the beginning. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained. This is the question that we asked ourselves last week. What do we do when we've already gotten into it? How do we finish this thing? How do we continue to see the end even though we're in the midst of it? Remember, Jesus said, uh, for the prize, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, he endured. What did we say last week? If you keep your eyes on the process, you'll miss the product. We won't receive the end if we get stuck in the doing. So we've got to find a way to be in the process and press on with our eyes focused on an end result. Amen. So he says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected. I'm in the middle of this thing. I'm finishing something. But I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. So I haven't completed it, but I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing so I can get to the end result that I saw from the beginning. You can't just see the finish line at the beginning. See, everybody sees the finish line at the starting line. Everyone starts with the goal in mind. But it's in the midst of it that the finish line begins to get It's almost like you're moving closer, but it's getting away from you. I've been saving money, but it doesn't seem like I'll ever make it to the end. I've been working on my marriage, but it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. See, that's the thing is we start looking for results immediately. We want to stick it in the microwave when we realize this thing actually needs to go in the oven. The second we hit the timer, we're thinking, all right, I should be able to smell it any time now. I should be able to see it bubbling any time now. I should be able to taste it any time now. And what? It's It's got some more time. It's got some more process. And so we get stuck in the process and say, well, this thing ain't working. When it is working. And we'll get to the end. I do not count myself to have apprehended, taken hold of completed, finished, but one thing I do, one version says, one thing I focus on, and that's what we talked about last week, where's your focus, when you're in the midst of it, what are you focusing on, when we started, we were focusing on the prize, when we started the year, we had a Super Bowl in mind, when we started the year, we had a World Series ring in mind, when we started the year, we were champions, but then we got into it, and then we had to start working out. And there were some defeats that came along the way. There were some losses that showed up. There were some trials and tribulations. There was some suffering and some pain. But Jesus said that he endured all that, despising the shame for the joy set before him. He never got his eyes off of the end. And so Paul says here, one thing I do, one thing I focus on, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Uh, I saw a quote that said, uh, don't trip over things that are behind you. (laughs) Don't stumble over things that are in your past. Paul says, the thing I'm focusing on is to quit focusing on stuff. I'm focusing on not focusing on the past. I'm focusing on forgetting. I'm focusing on not remembering those things that are behind me. But I look ahead, reaching Forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul had a goal. Paul knew what he was going after. Even Paul had to say, I forget the things that are behind me. Even Paul, and all the things of his ministry and the powerful ministry he had, even he had to say, look, sometimes we got to forget the good stuff in the back in the past. Sometimes we just want to live in the past. Sometimes we just want to dwell on 2014. Well, God's got a different plan for you this year. God's got something else in store for you. He doesn't want you to just live on the good stuff from last year. What's that called? That's living off the, yesterday's manna. What happened to that? That stuff dried up. That stuff wasn't healthy. That that stuff wasn't going to feed them anymore. They had to keep pressing, keep going to what God had for them. Amen. It's what we do consistently that determines our results. It's what we do consistently that determines our results. We said it last week. If you focus on the process, you lose the product. But, guys, here's what I want us to and again, we're going to talk about routine today. We're going to talk about getting the right routine. Practice makes perfect. Guys, you're just not going to see the finish line doing stuff every now and then. It's what we do consistently that determines the results. It's what we do regularly. You are not defined by accidents. There's no team, there's no sports team, there's no year, there's there, there there's there there's uh, nothing you can look at in history that it they got the result on accident. There was pressing, there was moving. You know, sometimes, you know, we see the highlight reels. You know, we can all think of seasons where it's like, "Man, that they were one strike away. It they should have won, but this team somehow It off, we say those things, but we don't see the day in and day out stuff. You know, Chuck and I, one of our favorite years in baseball, probably the favorite year for both of us, is 1986. And the way that that year ended, I mean, you know, the, the, the New York Mets were the ones that won the World Series that year, they should have been out several times, and that year was. Uh, There was a a highlight show that just came on a few weeks ago, Top 20 Games, and three of the top ten were in that season, in one year, 1986. And there are some moments. There was an opportunity for the Red Sox. They were one strike away, and the guy let a roller – what is that? That's stuff that they practiced eight months ago when nobody's watching, February. Nobody's in the stands. Nobody's cheering them off saying, you can do, you can get that grounder. Just basic, simple stuff. Why? We got to practice. Practice makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. Doing it over and over and over. And I want to talk about developing a routine. But here's a word that's dangerous for us. It's called habits. And, you know, that's really People say that they're making their list of New Year's resolutions. They're really just making a list of New Year's habits. <laughs> when it's really all said and done, our resolutions, we just want new habits. Here's the definition of a habit an acquired behavior pattern, an acquired behavior be- pattern regularly followed. Until it has become involuntary. Till I don't even have to think about it anymore. A habit is an acquired behavior pattern regularly followed until it has become involuntary. A dominant tendency. A dominant tendency. I love it when I get little nuggets that I get to pass on to you. And I think this is an awesome one. I I usually don't preface my nuggets. I usually just throw them out there. But this one I thought was really good. The Word of God shouldn't be habit-forming. It should be habit-transforming. Getting in the Word should change our habits altogether. Not just change the kind of habits... But change how I do a habit. Involuntary processes in life are dangerous. And Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. Because you do stuff and you don't even think about it. Because of your habit. Because of your dominant tendency. Because of how you lean. Because of the things you do. And there's no mental process going on. See, and, and see, we we usually take habits to the negative. We usually talk more about bad habits than good habits. Right? He just, he's always chewing his nails grits his teeth he has a bad habit of doing this and she has a bad habit of doing that it's usually bad habits because i believe that good habits the only way a habit is good and is when it's something that you process and you think about and you have to push yourself to do see we usually don't think of going to the gym as a habit Because I don't know very many people, and I know some people that are in the gym on a regular basis. Mr. Travis over here, he's in the gym a lot. In fact, he works doing that. He makes a living off of training people to be in the gym. But I can tell you right now, there's days he doesn't want to go. He he can try to lie all he wants. No, I just love being in the gym. (laughs) Whatever, man. Don't talk to me. No. No. Why? Because it's not involuntary. Oh, look at this. I'm in the gym and I'm just bench pressing all kinds of weight. I didn't even think about it. I mean, there's just no... No, why? Because you're pushing yourself. There's a pressing on. It's not a habit. I just have a habit of going to the gym. I mean, I just can't seem to break this habit. I just can't seem to get out of the gym. But no, when we talk about habits, we talk about stuff that we don't want to do anymore. Those are the habits we usually assimilate to usually the habits we talk about is the stuff that i do it but i don't want to do it and i do it without even thinking about it it just slipped out of my mouth i just i just found myself doing i just found myself looking at i just found it's a habit that we don't want to keep and i'm not talking about creating a habit forming being in the Word. Habit forming, being in prayer. Habit forming, going after what God... I'm talking about transforming our habits. Transforming the way that we do things. God doesn't want us doing something habitually that requires no thought process. The life that God has for you... I'm just going to... This may blow it all open for you, this this may shock you, but God's life that He has for you, the destiny and, the, and the, the future that He has for you, is not something that you will casually do without even thinking about it. It will require pressing on, just like Paul said. I haven't obtained, I haven't apprehended, I haven't grabbed a hold of, I haven't finished, I haven't completed, but I, this one thing I do, I forget what's behind, and I press on. The life that God has for you is going to require some forgetting, and it's going to require some pressing. There's nothing involuntary about living the kingdom life. There's nothing involuntary about obtaining the vision that God has for your life that God has for your marriage, that God has for your business. There's nothing involuntary about that. There's no just sit back and, you know, I believe God, and then no, no steps of faith. It doesn't work that way. Something, somewhere, at some time this year is going to require you to press, is going to require you to reach forward for the prize, for the goal. Paul said over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 where he talked about running a race, he said, I discipline my body and put it under subjection. You don't accidentally finish a race. You don't involuntarily get the trophy or the ring at the end of the season. There's pressing, pushing to obtain. So we've got to stay away from falling into the danger of tradition. Paul did not forget what he was going after. He didn't forget what he was pursuing. He knew, I have something to obtain. I have to go after it. The pressing today achieves the vision tomorrow. The pressing today achieves the vision tomorrow. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now. What you give up and sacrifice today in the midst of the pressing fails in comparison to what you sacrifice at the end if you don't press. See, it's gonna, it'll take a little out of you through this year. You ask any athlete, they get tired, they get weary. There's times they don't want to go in the gym. They don't want to run the same drills. They're just like, look, just put me on the field. I'm tired of running the same thing over and over and over. But if they don't sacrifice today, they will sacrifice the product at the end. They'll sacrifice the trophy. They'll sacrifice. What you give up today doesn't even come close to what you will lose if we don't continue to sacrifice and press on. And so we've got to create a routine. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Look what Jesus says. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me, look at this, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? We're talking about believers here. We're talking about people that were actually performing the works of the kingdom. But Jesus' response says, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, I'm not wanting to focus on the practicing of iniquity and the practicing of sin. What I'm wanting to show you through this Is that what you practice on a regular basis will always override what you do casually. Even though they every now and then did a sign, every now and then performed a wonder, every now and then, they were practicing lawlessness. And you're defined by what you do habitually. That's the bottom line. It's what you do consistently. That determines the results, not what you do every now and then. You don't go in the gym once a month throughout the year and achieve the result that you set at the beginning. I want to lose such and such weight or I want to gain such and such pounds or I want to bench such and such. You don't just casually go in. No, it's what you practice that determines if you see the result. And Jesus says it right here on the flip side. If you practice evil, even though you were doing signs every now and then, you're still going to have to depart from me. I never knew you. You were practicing lawlessness. Well, what if it went the other way around? What if we practiced righteousness? You see, we got people that want to preach that there's a God in heaven that's just waiting for you to mess up. And you can get it right 99 times and mess up once and he's just ready to knock you out. Well, that's not what my Bible says. That would be unfair, wouldn't it? No, it's what we practice. If you fall down, you get back up. The only way you don't achieve the result is if you stay down. Is if you practice weakness. Practice quitting. Practice shutting down. Practice sin. Practice not being in the Word. Well, if you're in the Word... 30 days and you miss two. Don't let that knock you down. See, this is the reason why people don't quit is they let one day turn into 12. They let, they let 12 turn into 30. Before you know it, we're so far behind. It, 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 we're, we're trying to get caught up. we got to be finishers. So you missed it. Do what Paul said. I forget what's behind and I press on. Guys, we got to press on. Practice Pressing. Practice pressing. You just keep pressing on. You fall down and you get back up. We just keep on going. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. Look what Paul tells the church. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw. See, sometimes we think that's good enough. Sometimes we think that right there is good enough. Well, I went to church. I heard. I even took notes. I even wrote some stuff down. I listened to it again. But look what his next statement is. These do. And the God of peace will be with you. What's that mean? Practice it. So you heard it. You received it. You saw it. You even learned it. Now let's do it. Let's put it into practice. Let's put it into practice. Faithfulness brings fruitfulness. Faithfulness brings fruitfulness. The more faithful you get at doing something, the more fruit that you will see from it. You don't see fruit from doing it every now and then. If any of you got online and were checking out the U version, I, I titled this little nugget, another, another little nugget here for you. I titled this one The Fruit Loop. The Fruit Loop. Okay, you'll get it later. Listen to it again tomorrow, you'll get it. The Fruit Loop. Faithfulness brings, there it is, light bulb, <laughs> saw it. Faithfulness brings fruitfulness. You just keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you see the fruit. When you see fruit show up in someone's life, it's because they've been doing something a long time. It means there's roots that have taken place. It means there's a foundation that they've set themselves on. You don't get fruit without roots. A lot of people don't even want to take the time to get planted somewhere. And they wonder why there's no fruit showing up. Planting takes time. You just got to sit in it sometimes. You just got to keep pressing. You just got to keep practicing. And you're wondering, where's all the fruit? Well, the roots are going. The roots are getting in the ground and they're receiving the nutrients. And then something will finally break through. And then eventually we'll have a stalk and eventually we'll have something hanging off of that. And we can give some fruit away. Earl likes to put it this way. Don't go through all the labor pains and abort the baby. We go through all the pushing, all the pressing, and then right before we get to the answer, we quit and we change. No, it's practice that sees the consistency. And it's the consistency that determines the results that we see. Amen. Are you getting anything tonight? Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. I'm going to read this in the New King James, and it's going to open itself up in the Amplified. The New King James says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Guys, we're not just trying to start something new this year. We're trying to finish something new this year. Change your perspective. Go ahead and see the prize at the starting line. Go ahead and see yourself finishing. See, why are we talking this and we're already halfway through January? Because a lot of people quit right about now. Somebody needs this. I need it. I need it. It may be a natural thing you're obtaining. It may be a spiritual thing. You might be trying to walk closer with the Lord. You might want to read the Bible more than you ever have. I mean, whatever it is. It may be your marriage. It may be your finances. Whatever it is, don't quit. Keep pressing. But you're not just trying to start it. We're trying to finish it. Let's change our perspective. Look what it says in the Amplified. Now may the God of peace, who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed, ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant and testament, strengthen complete, perfect, complete. Perfect, perfect, practice makes perfect and make you what you ought to be and equip you with every good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you. Guys, a lot of times we try to finish what God started. And here's where we get to rejoice, guys. Here's where we just really get to get off of our seats and just throw our hands in the air and just say, thank you, God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We forget that sometimes. Some of us try to rewrite it and say, I try to do all things, period. No, I can do all things through Christ. He's the one that started it. He's the one that's finishing it. Quit trying to finish what he started. Allow him to work in you. To whom be the glory, a strength and complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be. He will make you what you ought to be. That vision that he's given you, he's going to make it. And equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will, not your will. He's equipping you and strengthening you and perfecting you and completing you so you can do his will on the earth. While he himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to whom be the glory forever and ever to the ages of the ages. Amen. So be it. He's the one that started it. He's the one that finishes it. Let me tell you what God is trying to finish. God is trying to finish your faithfulness. Only if you remain faithful will he be able to finish what he started. The other verse, Philippians 1, verse 6, uh, he that started The work in you is faithful to complete it until the end. But guys, we have to remain faithful to the vision. You remember the parable of the the talents, the three servants that were each given a measure of talents according to their grace? And it was their faithfulness that determined the master's response, the master didn't come back with an idea of, OK, this guy's getting five more. I mean, he, he's going to get it. And this guy, he's going to get two more. And then this guy, he's not going to get anything. He didn't have that predetermined. He came back and based upon their faithfulness, he was able to complete what he started. He gave them the talents. They were faithful with what was given. And he was able to assign more to them. The master is finishing what he started as long as we're faithful to what he started. Unfaithfulness will disqualify you from finishing. Unfaithfulness will remove us from the race. He's looking for people that will be faithful to the end. What's that mean? Practice, practice. Look, you got to stick with the team when we're losing and when we're winning. You got to stick with the team when we're on a on a on a hot streak, and when we're not doing so well. You can't just be around when we're on a ten game winning streak, and then we start losing five or six, and it's like where that where that person go? That's not faithfulness. Hey, give me a call when you start winning again. Anybody want that guy on their team? No. You want the faithful guy. You want the one that was down in the dump when everybody else was, and we all figured it out together and we got back to the top. That's the guy you want on the team. You want a faithful guy, not an unfaithful guy. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for faithful people. Promotion comes to faithful people. Promotion comes to faithful people. Promotion comes to those that just show up every day to practice. Promotion comes to those that just do the same old thing. I'm going to mention Chuck again. One thing that me and Chuck hate to see uh, in Major League Baseball is guys. A lot of them, you know, these young guys that think, you know, I'm in the show now. I'm I'm at the Major League level. I'm there. And they don't run out infield singles to first base. And every now and then we see an awesome coach that will bench the guy because he lollygagged his way to first base. Why? We don't want that guy. We don't want the guy that's just going to give his best when it's a highlight. We want the guy that's going to run it out every time. We want a guy that's going to die for every ball. We want a guy that's going to give himself heart and soul, going to give everything he has regardless of the outcome. That's the guy that we want. That's the guy we want on the team. And so promotion comes to those that do the regimented things over and over and over and they show up to practice and they do the basics, the fundamentals. They don't try to hot shot it. They don't try to look cool. They don't just care about what everybody says about them or about the the, the fans cheering them on. They want to play the game for what it's worth. They're faithful. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Again, I'm going to read this one In the New King James, and we'll go back through it again in the Amplified. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. What's that? Consistently. As you have always obeyed. Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. We don't just do it when you're there. You don't just obey when the pastor's around. You don't just obey when it's going good. You don't just obey when, you know, you feel like it. You've always obeyed. Not just in my presence, but now in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's work involved. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do. For his good pleasure. Guys, I'm going to wrap up all of the sermons, all this series on vision and accomplishing and reaching the end with this. Let God finish what he started. Let God finish what he started. See, a lot of times we own these resolutions. We own uh, the vision. Say, I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, it would really help if we sat down with God and said, God, what do you want me to accomplish in 2015? What do you want me to achieve? What's the end goal that you have for me? What's the vision that you have for me? Because he's got one. We started this whole thing off, if you remember, with Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you. And we know that we can have plans, but his purpose is the one that prevails. So let God finish what he started. Look at this in the Amplified. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions now, uh, so now not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I'm absent, work out, cultivate. This is what work out means. Cultivate. Carry out the goal. Carry out to the goal. And fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Now look what this next statement says. He just told you to work it out. He told you to complete it. He told you to carry out to the goal. But look at the next phrase. Not in your own strength, for it is God who all the while effectually, uh, who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire. So when you don't feel like you can and when you don't want to, He creates the energy and the desire to finish, when you don't think you'll make it and when you not not even sure if you want to make it. When sacrificing today seems much larger than the sacrifice at the end. See, we cannot be people that make decisions in the present and forsake the future. You become like Esau you sell your birthright for some soup. This is this is where we miss it, guys. Is is we want to satisfy ourselves today. We want to satisfy ourselves in the now. And so we do something today to sac, to, to satisfy ourselves today, and we sacrifice our future. But if we can make the sacrifice today, we'll receive the satisfaction of the reward. If you sacrifice today, you will receive the satisfaction of the reward. I mean it's your choice. Do you want to satisfy yourself today and for the sake of the future? Or do you want to sacrifice today and satisfy the future? Let God complete what he has started. You know, the awesome thing about practice the awesome thing about routine and again practice isn't doing something involuntary practice isn't doing something uh without thinking about it practice isn't something that we do uh you know uh you know without putting forth hardly any effort if any at all it's not casual we're pressing on practice makes perfect But practice also makes proficient. And if you're not sure what that means, that means you get better. It's just a rule. You get better at what you do consistently. It's just a rule, guys. You get better at what you do habitually. You want to get better at being in the Word? Practice being in the Word. You want to have a better, deeper prayer life? Practice being in prayer. You want to have a better marriage? Practice your marriage. Practice walking in love. Practice being the right spouse. You want to be a better parent? You're not a good dad by showing up every now and then. You're a good dad by consistently being a good dad. Habitually, practicing it. There's something you want to let go of this year. There's something you want to put down. There's something you're tired of, of carrying the weight of, start tired of doing, tired of always turning to. Practice not doing it. You just practice it. Habitually. Not without thinking. to pull it out in one of those passages I want to say it was in Philippians after one of the phrases, after one of the verses that we read Paul says this that we should all have this in mind in mind it's going to require you to set your mind set your mind set your mind on the goal set your mind on the end Set your mind. You would be amazed at what you will endure this year as a result of focusing on the prize at the end. Don't get focused on the process. Don't get focused on how long it takes. Don't get focused on how much work you're doing, but it seems like little is being achieved. Don't get focused on what other people are saying about you. Jesus said he despised the shame. Endured the cross, but he had his eye on the cross. Paul said, I press on to obtain, to apprehend, to fulfill, to complete, to finish that which God has apprehended me for. This is the year, guys. This is the year. This is the year we practice, and we practice, and we practice, and we show up, and we show out. And we keep coming, and we keep doing, and we keep faithfully giving ourselves to the vision that we have for the end of the year. And this is the year we get to the end, and we see the result that God placed in front of us, that God set before Amen. us. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you tonight for the great vision that you've set before us. We thank you for the great purposes that you have for our lives. The great destiny that you have created us for. And Father, this year, 2015, it's not too late to say that we forget what lies behind and we press on towards the goal. We keep the vision before us. We keep the goal before us. And we practice faithfully showing up, faithfully doing that which you called us to do. Father, I thank you this is the year we lay things down that we're tired of doing. This is the year we pick things up that we know we need to add. This is the year that we practice faithfully giving ourselves to that which you've called us to do. And Father, you will receive all the glory. It's your will. You're the one that's working in us. And you're the one that's working through us. You're the one that energizes us. You're the one that strengthens us. When we feel down, when we feel tired, when we feel weak, when we feel like we can't keep going on, we'll get in your word and we'll allow it to encourage us. We'll get around other believers that are pressing just like us and we'll allow it to encourage us. And we'll continue to press towards the mark, towards the goal that you've called us for. Father, we thank you. This is the year we will see ourselves accomplish all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, we want to take up our tithe and offering at this time. If you have an offering, if you need an offering envelope, please.